With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Time on with Sam Edmund. To chase the yes, good evening everyone. We're now into time on on this Monday, August 23. I'm Sam Edmund. The first week of the AFL finals are set. Carlton is anything but. And the grand final venue is still up in the air. So strap yourselves in. We're about to bring you up to speed on the latest developments in the AFL and the wider world of sport. As we like to say this time every week, we like to think of it as your one-stop shop for the next hour. And, of course, goes without saying by now. If you haven't had the chance to have your say today from something from the weekend that has stayed with you or left an impression on you, you still have time. The lines are open all show. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Or if the text takes your fancy, I'll park those throughout the next hour. 0433 98 11 16. And on Twitter, we'll be keeping an eye on that as well. We can be found at Time On. S-E-N. But speaking of weekly rituals, let's start with where we do each and every week at the Bulletin Board. Let's start with the EPL where new Chelsea forward Romelu Lukaku didn't take long to register. His first goal back at the Blues firing this beauty in at the 15-minute mark in a 2-0 win over Arsenal. James Lukaku! True blue inside 15 minutes of his second debut. Mind you, didn't have to be Europe's hottest property to finish from there. Beautifully done by Romelu Lukaku. A bit of tennis. Nick Kyrgios has pulled out of his game with Andy Murray at the Winston-Salem Open. And he did it 11 minutes before the match. Meanwhile, though, Ash Barty was unstoppable at the Cincinnati Open. And she's become the first Aussie in 48 years to take out the title there. The Ashes are on the horizon this Aussie summer. Uh, Joss Butler fearing of players pulling out, though. He said one of the challenges is working out where the line is where you say, I can't do that. Butler told the Times in the UK, he said, I've sacrificed a lot for cricket and my wife and family have sacrificed a lot. You have to be open to saying no. It would be incredibly disappointing if some players feel like they can't do it. But we're in a world at the moment where that is a possibility. As we know in Australia, COVID, incredibly challenging for everyone at the moment and there's strict policies in this part of the world. So the English working through that and the information that comes to hand on what the protocols will look like around the ashes and what the players might do there and the decisions that they might make. What about Celtic FC at the moment? Ange Ball is off and running. Ange Postacoglu has his men absolutely flying at the moment. The latest result, a 6-0 demolition of St Mirren. And here's Ange Postacoglu post-game. Yeah, it was a, it was, it was a good afternoon. I think the players uh, you know, still put in uh, you know, a, a good work rate, a good work ethic. And you know, sometimes in games like that, they can sort of peter out. But we're still going for it right at the end. 
The All-Australian squad of 40 has literally just landed in my lap. So we might get to that as well throughout the show at some stage and we'll get your feedback on that. The 40 just uh, ticking over into my inbox. So we'll get to that and we'll get your feedback on it. one 736 0433981116. So let's grab a jumper, shall we? We'll uh, talk about what Sturge over the weekend as well. We've got a lot to talk about at the Blues. And we'll also close out our show with our regular segment, What Grinds Your Gears? You know what really grinds my gears? Actually, you know what? No, we're not going to... We're going to go positive tonight for a change. There's enough negativity around already. Let's do... Let's do what floats your boat. What did over the weekend? I've got a couple of beauties to get to as well. well let's go positive for a change. I've got a couple that I want to get to, including the hidden hero in Melbourne's post-siren win over Geelong at GMHBA Stadium. Maybe the man that made it all happen that you didn't notice. But let's start with Carlton, where the eyes of the footy world zeroed in on this morning. You know, you know things aren't looking good for a coach when the arrival times are mentioned in various stories. Andrew Russell arrives at 8.20. Football boss Brad Lloyd drove in at 9.10, all with the media stalking the car park. And today, well... It was thought to be D-Day for David Teague, who has lived, well, he's lived a hellish period of uncertainty since the Blues trumpeted the commencement of a football department review back on June the 8th. Well, that review, conducted by Jeff Walsh, Matthew Pavlich, Graham Lowe, is complete. In fact, it's been in the hands of the Carlton board since last week. There wasn't all of club meetings scheduled for this morning. Players, football staff, administration, with some reassurance, I suppose, coming from the fact that at least finally... Some light was about to be shone on the finding of the football department review. Well, that was cancelled last night via a club-wide email. So despite the widespread media reports that new President Luke Sayers would today bring down the axe, he used a letter to members to say that, and I quote him here, any outcomes or decisions on uh, will be made on the time frame that is in the best interest of the club, not external expectations or pressure. But it has already been determined that Brent Stanton won't return. The assistant coach seeking some clarity today and was informed that he would not be continuing next year. So his departure will follow the sudden resignation of his fellow assistant in John Barker, who left the club in June. Now, John Barker did have the blessing of the coach, David Teague, and of the football manager, Brad Lloyd, to coach out the season before leaving. But Barker's departure was fast-tracked by management back uh, back then. So Stanton, he joined the Blues in a development role after 255 games at Essendon. Uh, he did so uh, at the end of 2017, leading into 2018. This year, he was responsible for the Carlton midfield and transition under David Teague. So there were still key meetings at the club today. They involved Luke Sayers, David Teague, and the chief executive, uh, Kane Little. So Stanton will go, Barker is gone, and there's enormous pressure on other assistant coaches like Cameron Bruce, Dale Amos, the footy boss Brad Lloyd, and recruiters Mick Agresta and Paul Brody, among others. But now, here's what I've been told out of Carlton today. Now, this is just what I've heard. There is a chance, and it might be a Lloyd Christmas chance, that David Teague remains the coach of this football club and against all the odds and a tsunami of opinion to the contrary will be allowed to coach out the final year of his contract in 2022 and, I suppose, if all goes well that year, potentially beyond. Now, Ross Lyon has spoken recently in the media like he has the job, hasn't he? Like he's received an assurance, if you like. That may well prove to be the case. Ross Lyon might well be coaching Carlton next year. But my understanding is his chances of securing the top job have faded somewhat in the last 24 to 48 hours. Now, from what I've been told, there has been a cooling on Ross Lyon. 
Alistair Clarkson, they are throwing the kitchen sink at Carlton. Certainly, if Clarko says yes to coaching the Blues, then all bets are off. But my understanding tonight is that Clarko is yet to do cartwheels over the potential of taking the reins at the Blues. Now, I think if Alistair Clarkson, for whatever reason, declines the job, there is a very good chance that David Teague will remain in charge with perhaps an entire assistant coaching overhaul. Clearly, the coaching decision isn't happening today or perhaps for several more days. In fact, some players have been told not to expect a decision or an announcement on the coach until next week. So it drags on and on. And Teague himself, he did say at the weekend that, and I quote him here, it doesn't look like it's going in my favour. Alistair Clarkson, Ross Lyon, as I say, set to take over if he is sacked with a year remaining on his contract. He has had no support, David Teague. He's absolutely cooked. I just wonder why someone of influence there couldn't come out and say, back off, acknowledge it's been tough. He's still the coach for now. We're going to support him until the end of the season and then we're going to do the review. But we'd love the media to take a back seat, give him some space, just something. Don't have to commit to him, but just say he's our coach currently and acknowledge it's been tough and he's handling it very well. Show some sort of support. Now, David Teague hasn't nailed it, of course. The relationship with some senior players has deteriorated enormously from when he took over as caretaker a couple of years ago. And this will all be in the review. He was the breath of fresh air, the caring arm around the shoulder for a playing group who were beaten down by Brendan Bolton's tough approach. It was almost a free hit, and he did let the players play to their strengths. He was encouraging. He was caring. He was all of that. But when he came back for the preseason of last year, they say it had changed a bit. Rather than throw the arms around the senior players and the leaders, he was a bit more abrasive, combative. Sam Doherty has had two ACLs, testicular cancer. Patrick Cripps is having ultrasound-guided injections in his back at the start of this year, a couple hours before playing a game. He was doing that in the city before running out on the MCG. And in the press conference, you're saying there's nothing wrong with him. That doesn't really show the players are in the trenches with them, does it? Imagine Clarkson in that situation. He would aggressively defend his players to the hilt. He'd do it on camera, and then those will tell you that we're there, more so off camera. And that brings the change room together. Cripps is your captain. He's loyal. He's committed. He's a great leader, playing with a crack in his back. So, sure, he's made mistakes. Ross Lyon, he might be up there with the best game day coaches in the game, if not the best. Very good player. Very good with player 1 through to 15, we're told. Manages the top end of town very well. Supports them. Brings them along for the journey. Smart politically. But staff he doesn't rate, he doesn't treat well. And the bottom half of the list, he doesn't treat as well. Now, he may have learned from all that. We will see if he gets the chance. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you want to have your say on the Blues or any topic tonight, 0433981116. Tony's waited very patiently in Carlton, and he wants to talk about Carlton. Tony, welcome to Time On. Um, thank you very much, Sam, and thanks for that um, great summary. Look, I have been a bit frustrated today listening to the radio, and I did try to get on earlier, but I just want to make a couple of points. I think regarding the review itself and when it was called, I remember when it was called that most people in the media actually said it was a good move to call the review during the season because if we waited till the end of the year, it would drag on. It would make it very difficult to get play coaches and you know, staff in place, etc. Mm. I think the other thing to remember, it's a multi-million dollar corporation in a almost a billion dollar industry and if this was any other industry i don't think anyone would regard the length of time to do the review handing it to the board and then making decisions would be regarded as tardy it would be seen that that would be a reasonable length of time now i know this affects teague and i have great sympathy for david teague but that's the reality in any business the other thing david king this morning said 
One thing Carlton know how to do well is sack coaches because we've sacked six coaches in 20 years. So sacking T today shouldn't be too difficult. Or if you're going to move, moving early is not difficult. I think there's a point there that maybe David King doesn't get. We've sacked six coaches in 20 years. So obviously we've made mistakes by doing this. And I think getting it right requires some serious thinking and patient thinking. And I think probably this is what Luke Sayers is doing. And again, I understand David T's position. But what I what worries me, I, I also listened to David T's last press conference and Andy Marr said today, listen to that last four minutes and feel how impassioned he is. And I, again, he was deeply passionate. Mm. But in that press conference, there were three things said. One, David T said he was very happy with himself and where he was at. Considering the season we've had, I don't understand how you could say that you were very happy. Secondly, he said that the players had turned up every week, which they had. And he said they tried their guts out every week. If we look at some of the losses that we had in the second half of the year, there were media people and football commentators on many of the television shows showing footage of Carlton players not even bothering to chase opposition players through the centre as if they had given up. And this is what the football commentators were saying. And the last one, which really worries me and puzzles me, is that when he was asked about Patrick Cripps in that press conference, he didn't seem to know if Patrick Cripps had an injury or why Patrick Cripps would have handballed the ball 17 times and not kicked. And the, my last point is that when I looked at the stats, I think it was at half time, um, GWS had 18 tackles inside Carlton's 50. Carlton had one. Mm. We had one tackle inside GWS's 50. There's a lot missing in the performance of the club. And I know David said he'd made mistakes, but I still don't understand how he could make a claim that he was very happy with where he was at when we've had a terrible season. So where do you sit with it, Tony, ultimately then? For all of that, do you think he coaches on? Should he coach on? Should he fulfil the last year of his contract? And who should take over if he doesn't? It looks a really good question. I'll tell you very quickly because I know you've got to love other people. I back Luke Sayers to do this professionally and patiently, and I think patiently won't be stretched out. I imagine I would imagine this would resolve itself in about a week, and I think that's that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Now, my view is, it's like you just said, I think that I, I don't think that Ross Lyon is the coach for Carlton. I think there's too much of the individual ego. In Lyon, and I think it reminds you of Mick Mulhouse coming to Carlton, and I admired Mick when he was at Collingwood, but coming to Carlton almost to prove those who think he hasn't got it any longer that he has. So I wouldn't do that. Clearly, as everyone else says, that Clarkson would be a dream coach. I think I agree with what you said. If David Teague stays at the club, and I think that's possible, and if he does stay at the club, I'll buy my reserve membership as I've bought for the last 20 years they have to surround him with a better team of people and a much better football department. And I think much more senior, you know, assistant coaches and coaching specialists. So it has to be a whole coaching panel approach that has much more experience than what they have there now. Well said, Tony. I appreciate your call this evening. They certainly will do that. I think you can take that to the bank. The big change is coming in. If it's not uh, David Teague included in that, it'll still be widespread. Appreciate your call, Tony. Jason's on the road. I think we've got just enough time to get to Jason, who wants to talk about North Melbourne. Welcome to the show, Jace. Uh, evening, how are you? Good, thanks. Um, just North fired off floating Pollock last year, but because of the, the huge amount that he was getting paid after coming across, they've kept him now 
we saw a little bit of his attitude late last year where he didn't want to tag, and we've seen his attitude as a Southern that this week, and he just doesn't look happy. Um, now, North's got the number one draft pick. Everyone's talking about this midfielder from South Australia and all the rest of it. Mm. Where does he fit into the team anymore? Because you've got all these pals, you've got all the young kids that are proving themselves. Lazaro, all of the money through the midfield, playing on a wing and everywhere else. Where's Pollock fit into that club anymore? Oh, I thought you were asking me where Jason Horn fits. I was just going to say he's absolutely the last piece of their puzzle long term. They're really keen on him, Jason. Um, but that's probably news that you already knew. It's a good question, Ree Pollock. But I don't think he can get anywhere. It's hard to see how a player on that sort of wage, as you say, in his contract until 2023 as well, Jason. So it's really at the moment stymied for the the even the well the middle tier certainly even the top top end sort of player at the moment because everyone's money is tight given the pay deferrals last year and that the money that clubs have had to shift forward so straight away clubs are in deficit so it's it's hard to uh, imagine I'd say almost impossible to imagine another club that's willing to take that on especially a player who doesn't have a lot of currency at the moment Jason I think they're just stuck with him so he becomes the highest paid VFL player in the country. Yeah, he does. Unless somehow uh, there's an agreement on a retirement and, and some sort of a settlement that would come from that. But uh, as it stands, yeah, they're, they're wedded to the deal that they signed uh, through till 2023. Uh, it makes you think about the um, rotation of coaches we've had in the last couple of years as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and a whole different list management team, it must be said at the time. And there has been big off-field turnover at North Melbourne. But... They're on the right track now. I think, Jason, absolutely. And, look, there'll be some things that they would love to do now, but they just can't. They're hamstrung by time. And there's only so many ways you can manipulate your list through the trade and the draft period. So that that part of it is going to take time. But they're well and truly on a set and settled path now. And it looks as though you've got a great coach in David Noble as well. So there is a lot to be excited about. Appreciate your call, Jason. You can join him and Tony as well on the line. one 736 736 Anything you want to say about Carlton? We might delve into the All-Australian squad of 40 that has just landed as well. Plays 88. And that's it. The curtain falls on a marvellous career for Eddie Betts. 350 games, 640 goals. The end of the road for Levi Casbolt. Where does the road lead for David Teague? Yeah, I, I understand the club's going to make a decision. Let's be honest, it doesn't look like it's going to go in my favour. But in terms of what I've done and what I've been able to control, I know who I am, I know why I've done it, I'm really happy with it. The Ross Lyon, I don't know what that was. It's like a job interview to me. Pretty grubby. Didn't want to be disrespectful to David T, but then went on a five-minute rant about why he'd be the great man for the job. If Carlton do tip out David T, they'd better go through a process. They should do the right what? thing and go through a proper process. What do you think Collingwood weren't interested in for? You can say it's on palavra, you can say it's grubby, you can use all those, but I don't want to dignify the response because I love irony, and if you scratch below the surface, there's a fair bit of irony there. I can absolutely um, feel for David. It's been a, a, a very public and, and challenging time for him. Um, and, yeah, unfortunately, there's been lots of innuendo and uh, speculation floated um, throughout sort of the last two or three months. So it's been a very challenging time for him and everyone at the at the football club, given how public it is. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's a very cutthroat and, and challenging business, this, and um, unfortunately it's played out in, in the media in, in lots of ways, which is probably the most disappointing and, and, and challenging thing for, for the football club. Hey, Carlton's going to be big today. You can't t- you can't let it go beyond today, Carlton. They'll make their call today and then we'll know one way or another and then it's off and But if, if, if that happens, it'd be a good day to put out the trash if you're another club, though, too, wouldn't it? 
interesting list. This, this is this is crazy. So we've got to wait another week now. They can't let today close. He swings in limbo. In a vacuum. Well, can't, they can't change. Go back on that statement. That's right. That's so this, their it's another week. statement. Yeah, it can't be tomorrow, Jared. It can't be tomorrow because he just said end of the week. How long do they need to make these decisions? If they need another week, Jared, they're, they're in the wrong jobs. They're actually in the wrong jobs. When did the review land? Was it two weeks ago? Uh, maybe even a little bit further back than that, depending on who you listen to. Oh, this is, this is out of control. Well, they do need a little bit longer, and the players have been told perhaps won't be an answer until next week. So David Teague speaking there, Liam Pickering, Ross Lyon, Matt Pavich, Gary and Tim, and David King and Jared Waitley on the end of the text. Carlton is a very selfish club from the president down to the 42nd player on their list. Even GWS had thought about Betts' farewell game by honouring Eddie Betts with their Indigenous strip, Carlton, zero. I did think they do, did do a pretty good job of getting around Eddie Betts, to be fair. But um, I take your point off the text. Jack is in Wheelers Hill. He wants to talk about Carlton's coaching issue as well. Welcome to the show, Jack. Thank you. Um, I guess probably my question is, obviously, the last few weeks, David Teague's had a few pot shots at our board, which is probably deserved with the way that they've treated him. But say, for example, we get to this time next week and there's no chance that the club's going to land Lyon or um, Clarko just out of curiosity here. Well, just as a, I guess, if worst-case scenario. How can Teague walk back into that club with respect to the board after having locked those pot shots at him? Like, what do they do if they can't get Clarko on one? Do they go after someone else or do they just kind of deal with Teague... I guess, ripping into them. Yeah, it's a good point, Jack. I mean, there's no doubt there's some wounds would have to be healed. I mean, David Teague, for mine anyway, did come back a little bit on his comments about um, not being supported midweek after the game at the weekend while still having a clip at a few. So, look, I'm, I granted, it is highly unlikely that it remains in the position, but I think there's a situation where I said earlier, if the planets do somehow align... There are some people in at Carlton who can see David T continuing where he is contracted, mind you, which has been forgotten amidst a lot of it, to coach on next year. I don't think anything is um, is unsalvageable in that sense. And look, the Blues have got the review. Um, what's in the review remains to be seen and what they act upon remains to be seen. But um, I don't think there's a situation whereby he can't go back in there. Many coaches have over the journey, famously and gone on to win premierships and multiple premierships at their club. So with all sorts of friction that's taken place beforehand. So I think uh, there will be a clean out. Whether or not it involves David Teague, we'll, we'll wait and see. It might very well do. And it's been the case that we thought all the way along. But I, I think there is a situation where he can return to coach out. Jack, appreciate the call. Uh, Luke's in Croydon. Luke, you want to talk about uh, the finals? We should probably do a little bit of that as well, given they start this week. Yeah, mate. Um, it's interesting that, uh, Essen is the Essen Western Bulldogs game in uh, in Tassie. Yep, it is. Uh, on Sunday. Correct. Oh, we might have lost you there, Luke. I, if I'm if I'm predicting, you're not there, are you, Luke? Or we dropped you. I, if I'm predicting what you're going, oh, we got you back, Luke. Yeah. We got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, I give us a chance, mate. I give us a real good chance having beaten them just two, three weeks ago. Yeah. So you're an Essendon supporter, Luke? I'm a bummer. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, you did. You beat them at Marble Stadium. And also, if you're looking for positive signs as a bomber as well, the Western Bulldogs lost to Hawthorne down there only a couple of weeks ago as well, down at Launceston, this very venue that you are playing them at. So, absolutely, you're in good form. You're dangerous. Your good players are playing well. And the Western Bulldogs are the opposite. They're down. They've lost all momentum. They wanted this game, the Western Bulldogs, to be at the Adelaide Oval, but the AFL, Luke, weren't too keen on three finals being played at Adelaide. And then it became clear that the Gabba and Queensland, there would have been a two-day hard lockdown associated with that for the Dogs. So in the end, they've been um, hit with a trip down to Tasmania. No one thought there were going to be two Tasmanian-based finals, but there will be. And um, your club, as you pointed out, is in good form and every chance to win that game down at Launceston. So we'll see how it plays out. Can't wait to watch it. Um, The All-Australian squad of 40 has landed. And uh, the first thing we noticed in here, you always do this, don't you? Who's not in it? Travis Boak is not in it. And Mel's just text in, no, Travis Boak has to be in the squad. So Travis Boak is not in the squad. But I can tell you who is. Lance Franklin is in the squad of 40. And that would be if he is picked in the final 22 on Thursday, I think is the date. Yeah, Thursday, August 26th, the the team at the AFL Awards as part of that will selection team will pick the 22 as if to play a match. So Buddy Franklin, it would be his ninth separate All-Australian blazer if uh, and the only person to achieve nine All-Australian selections should he get through. But he's in the 40 at the moment. Melbourne, the most players selected. No surprise there. Seven of them. The Brisbane Lions have five, and they lead the comp with the most representatives in this year's squad. So 15 different clubs have at least one player nominated. And of the first-timers, 21 nominated for their potential first-ever All-Australian selection. So we'll try to go through them quickly, if you like. The All-Australian squad of 40. Alir Alir, Carl Amon, Marcus Bontempelli, Charlie Cameron, Bailey Dale, Sean Darcy, Lance Franklin we mentioned, Bailey Fritch, good to see him nominated, Max Gorn nominated, Toby Green, Tom Hawkins, Jacob Hopper, Rory Laird, Jake Lever has had a great season for the D's. Jared Lyons, likewise, at Brisbane. Jack McRae just keeps on keeping on. Hugh McCluggage, Harry Mackay, the Coleman medalist. Stephen May, Zach Merritt at Essendon. Took Miller had a fantastic season at the Gold Coast and uh, never previously in All-Australian. Callum Mills, who unfortunately has got his injury problems at the moment at the Swans. Tom Mitchell might not even be at Hawthorne next year, but nominated for the Hawks. David Mundy. Unbelievable, David Mundy. He was an All-Australian in 2015, and he's going to play on again, too, at the Fremantle Dockers. Nick Nat knew he had a great season. Who gets the starting ruck position? Is it Max Gorn? Is it Nick Nat? Do they both get in? Clayton Oliver might be the Brownlow medalist. He's nominated. Tom Papley, Darcy Parrish, Luke Parker, Christian Petraka, Daniel Rich, Christian Salem, Paul Seedsman, what a what a season he has had and never nominated, of course, at the Crows. Jack Steele is in there. Uh, I just skipped down here and missed a couple. Let me go back to Jack Steele. Uh, Tom Stewart nominated out of action at the moment for the Cats. Did they miss him? Jake Stringer, Sam Walsh, Jacob Wiedering, Ollie Wines, Dane Zorko. That is your squad of 40. How many demons in the squad? Surely 22 with a question mark. Buddy should not be in the All-Australian team coming through. Have we got enough time to get to Matt in Mooney Ponds before the break? I'm getting a thumbs up for you, Matt. Thanks for joining us. You want to talk about uh, Essendon's final against the Bulldogs coming up on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I'm not... I've been listening to a lot of Essendon fans um, the last week or since Sunday 
on social media and radio and um, and whatever. I'm I'm just not. I'm a bit scared that, or not scared, but more that history will repeat itself. Where after 2017, we had a relatively decent season, finishing the finals, and then get absolutely belted mm. in the final. And I understand that they go, oh, we beat Bulldogs two weeks ago, but I just don't want Essendon to, or the more, more, not, the, not the football club, but more the fans to repeat and get hyped up about us being competitive in finals. Like, I am very happy with where we've come from, but I'm still not convinced if that makes sense. Well, Matt, surely you want your team to be playing finals, do you not? You, you want them to be playing finals. Better off making them than not making it. Surely any sort of finals experience would hold your team in good stead. Yeah, we would. But I want, I, I want Essendon to know more of this, this, this stuff of honourable losses. It's, it's, yep. If you're going to start contending for premierships and start... And start being a top four side, which is let's not let's not kid ourselves. That's why we play. That's why we support our clubs. We don't support our clubs for finishing 8th. We support our clubs for winning premierships. And I feel like Essen supporters need to be a bit harder, not necessarily harder, but a bit more expect more. You know, you know, finishing eight. Okay, it's great. We've you know we've had a very very decent season, but. I still think that the expectation needs to be higher, if that makes sense. Like, we're not going to win a flag this year, but accepting mediocrity is pathetic, I think, personally. Hey, look, Matt, I appreciate the call. I reckon just enjoy the ride. If you rewind to the start of the season and all the issues and the unrest and the inner turmoil at that club, and believe me, there was, and players refusing to re-sign and, and a lot wanting out, to where you are now, it has been a significant year of growth for your football club under Ben Rutten, and I think you should be really happy with the season they have had with the promise of much more to come, given the young talent you got on that list and the position that you're in. So I'd enjoy the ride. Whatever happens at the weekend is a bonus. And I reckon the Twitter handle, days since Essendon have won a final, would be a little bit nervous, to be honest. Because if we see the death of that Twitter handle, there'll be a lot of unhappy people. But there'll be certainly a lot of happy Essendon people. Just enjoy the ride, Matt. That's what finals are all about. We'll be back after this. I want to hear your unlucky player. A lot of them coming in with the All-Australian 40. No Boak. No Ed Langdon. Where's Guthrie? Give us your where is player in the All-Australian squad of 40. We love a moan about the All-Australian 40. Fire them at me. 0433 98 11 16. We'll read them out after this. To put it to the top of the square. He keeps it low. Goal! Oh, and he's got it! Big Max has got it! Set he's going to kick after the siren. It's a slow build-up. Now the little skip. Max to win, and he's done it! Melbourne have come off the canvas! There's a lot of history in the last four or five years, and when there was no crowd, every Geelong player reminded me of that history. Um, literally every Geelong player. I think I can remember all 22 saying something to me at some point um, during, that, during that routine. Um, that was crazy. I owned my moment. I'm pretty emotional right now, to be honest. Yeah, 57 years and uh, something the club's been building for a long time. And um, that's for every fan right there, Melbourne fan who's been, you know, um, embarrassed to sort of wear the Melbourne Footy Club logo and, um, you know, to put the club back on the map and to be first is um, something that we've strived for for a long time. And um, to be a part of this is just, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. To be. Unbelievable effort by our boys. You know, I think our supporters singing at home should be really proud of their group. 
you know, obviously it's a tough time for our supporters and the whole of Melbourne, but hopefully we, we brought a bit of joy to their places tonight. That is the scene of what is maybe the darkest day in our recent history down at the Cadinia Park when you know, Geelong beat Melbourne by 30-odd goals, whatever it was. Mm. And then they had to go through the horror of watching <laughs> Big Maxie try and slot. I can't, uh. I can't tell you anything like it. Oh, yes, the wash-up of an unbelievable Super Saturday last round of the season, highlighted by Melbourne's stunning come-from-behind win over Geelong. Jeez, that last 34 seconds you could spend... Uh, 1,034 seconds on discussing. It was unbelievable. A max score in there, kicking after the siren, the goal. How do you reckon Melbourne supporters, none of them were allowed in, obviously, to GMHBA Stadium, were feeling around the country? Melbourne, first minor premierships, 1964. Try telling them there's no real difference between playing Brisbane at the Adelaide Oval or Port Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval. I'll take you into the living room of a man we know, and some of you might know him as Nuggets. He's the, a, a key player of the debrief podcast a lot of you will know nuggets well this is how nuggets reacted to max gorn kicking the winner after the siren <laughs> take your time we've never kicked a goal in 158 years ever after the siren please just don't kick it to the left just kick straight through aim for the right post yeah yeah <laughs> We had to leave Nuggets there because he's still screaming right now, 20, uh, what, 48 hours later. What a result. Spare a thought for his nerves this uh, coming weekend as well in the qualifying final. Good on you, Nuggets, and uh, all Melbourne supporters because, um, as was alluded to there by Gary Lyon, you've certainly done the hard yards uh, in recent times. So great to see them finish on top. Now they've got to go on with it. We wanted to play Where Is? The All-Australian squad of 40 is out. There's always hard luck stories. Where is Ridley? Should be the All-Australian centre-half back. Typical Bombers snub again. Selectors are the most biased for not uh, for going around. Past time we had a post at that time we had a clean-out. That's from PJ in Geelong. Where is Callan Wilkie? If this is an actual side that plays, he has to be in. Plays on the resting star on ballers, takes on the gun forwards, never gets beaten. That's from Wayne. And as he points out, Dermot Brereton said Callum Wilkie could write his own contract. The guy can play on all types of players, but he's not there. Trev's asked, where's Guthrie in the All-Australian squad? Scott from Frankston, where is Ed Langdon? Surely he needs to be in the squad. Ian in the CBD, Melbourne, sorry. Can't take the All-Australian squad seriously if Travis Boak is not in the 40. I'm not even a Port supporter. Bit of positive stuff from Mike. Congrats to Darcy and Mundy from Frio. Great stuff, boys. They are in the squad. Surely Nick Dacos should be in the squad based on potential for next year. That's from Cole in Hawthorne. Good on you, Cole. Need a laugh. No one from off the text. Collingwood, Richmond or North Melbourne in the squad. Sam, who is the All-Australian fullback in your opinion? Oh, this is a tough one. Jacob Wiedering or Stephen May? That's from uh, Aaron. I'd go Jacob Wiedering, Aaron, but I wouldn't have a problem with either, to be honest with you. And then someone's got to play centre-half back as well. Where is Braden Maynard at Collingwood? There's a suggestion off the text. And um, a bit of talk about Braden Maynard and whether he will be at Collingwood next year as well when it comes to the trade scene as well. There's been a bit of speculation about him Sam, I think Andrew Brayshaw is very stiff. When was the last time Melbourne beat the Cats in Geelong? Must be a while ago. That's from Dean. Question without notice, Dean. We'll look that up for you perhaps during the next break. And speaking actually after the next break, 
float your boat. We're not going to do um, grinding of gears. We're going positive tonight. Give me something that floated your boat over the weekend. I've got one. I'm going to take you back down to the Melbourne Geelong game, the hidden hero in that frantic last play that saw Jake Levy kick the ball to Max Gorn. So I want a floating of the boat from you this weekend. Charles from Bulleen is a Carlton supporter. He says, I think the media's demand for an answer today was wrong. This is David's life. And if it means he has time now to finally digest the review and put forward a case, why not? Premierships are won by a strong coaching team, just like businesses succeed when there is a group of strong senior leaders, not just one. And none of our assistants are good enough or have the potential to coach on their own. Goes to show our coaching depth is shallow. David Teague deserves to get the coaching team around him and judge him at the end of his contract. I appreciate that text. Uh, Andy's on the road. Andy, you've got to where is for us. Where the hell is Brandon Sarsovic, <laughs> who barely lost a 1-1, let alone a, a full uh, game contest all season, took the, the best uh, small to medium forward every single week, allowed the others to do their thing and didn't get beaten. And he'll probably line up on um, Bailey Fritch. Um, in this uh, in yep. this week's final, just uh, I thought he'd actually make final twenty two, so I was absolutely shocked that he didn't make it. Andy, that's a good call. You're channeling your Lara Bingle there, aren't you? Where the bloody hell are you? Where the bloody hell is Brandon Starsevich? Good call. Twenty one games. You get the impression, don't you, that he's probably one of, if not the first magnet that uh, Chris Fagan puts on the board, because as you say, gets the job done week in, week out. No fuss, no hype. Um, and probably horribly underrated. So um, good call from you, Andy. Appreciate it. Mark is in Sydney. Hey, Mark, actually sit tight because I know you want to talk about what floated your boat, which we'll, we'll get to on the other side of this break. Uh, where is Aaron Hall coming through? Hasn't he resuscitated his career at the Kangaroos? And they're just working on a new deal for Aaron Hall as well. There's no doubt he has uh, saved his career this year with his move to a back flank and his run and carry and ball use there for David Nobles. Kangaroos, who I think have got a lot to look forward to next year and beyond. It's been a big show so far. We might recap where we started with the Blues and the David Teague situation. Just hearing there is a chance. There is a chance he survives. I might have said very good chance at one point. That's overstretching it. Might be more of a Lloyd Christmas chance, but I just received a couple of texts. That chance might be improving all the time. We'll come back. More to come on Time On after this. Now, regular listeners of the show will know that this is the point where we usually channel our inner Peter Griffin. You know what really grinds my gears? Exactly. Yeah, but I thought, you know, there's so much negativity in the world at the moment. Maybe we just flip the script. What floats your... What floated your boat? <laughs> hey, Rod, that's more of a tugboat than what I was. I was more thinking a love boat. That's not very glamorous. Move on. <laughs> we'll work on our sound effects. Nevertheless... What floated your boat over the weekend? Mark's called in from Sydney. Mark, welcome. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Put us out of our misery, will you? Oh, I'll do my best. Well, what floated my maritime vessel on the weekend <laughs> was the Sydney win, of course. Well, exactly. And what a season you've had, Mark, up there, the Swannies. Who would have thunk it? Very much. Very much. I mean, believe me, with the lockdown mess we're in at the moment, which does not look like it will end to the end until the end of September, if not longer... The Swans winning is a much-needed shot in the arm for morale for us Sydney siders at the moment. And I think they're not just firing at the right time, they're firing uh, consistently all season because we've got horses really expert coaching along with 
his assistant coach's contributions to the mix. We've got uh, Buddy and our other experienced players really doing well at the moment. I mean, Buddy, with how many goals did he get last weekend? And we've got our young guys who've just played really uh, consistently and really expertly, despite their lack of in, uh, lack of experience. They've taken to the game like this year, like they've been playing the game for 10 years, you know? And it's just, as a Sydney sider, it is just so encouraging and heartening to see. Hey, Mark, any nerves about the Battle of the Bridge, though, facing the neighbour GWS? No, I have no nerves about the Battle of the Bridge. Um, <laughs> GWS better watch how they play on the weekend because basically the game is ours. Like it, Mark. Love the optimism. That's what it's all about. What floated your boat? 0433981116 or 1300736736. Now, I've just got a text here. Hey, my mate was the Melbourne physio who threw the ball back at the end of the game. Give him a ring. I tell you what, you've stolen my thunder here spectacularly because this is my hidden hero from the weekend. 28 seconds left, Melbourne bench, club staffer jumps up like Spider-Man, leaps over the fence to get Cam Guthrie's ball that's gone out in the full, dives into a couple of rows of seats and fires the ball back, quick sticks to Jake Lever so he can take the 50-metre penalty and quickly spear the low ball into Max Gorn. That's the hidden hero right there. And that man is Melbourne's physio, Brenton Eggleston. Now, Brenton, I'm told, worked in soccer at Norwich City specifically. So he does understand times of the essence in these situations. Well done to you. That was magnificent, Brenton, firing the ball back in. And, um, geez, you leapt up off your feet pretty quick to jump into the stands to fetch that ball. And um, I thought you made it all possible, to be honest. So good on you. Um, that's what floated my boat over the weekend. I think we've got just enough time before we uh, hand over to get to Peter in Mulgrave. Pete, you want to talk about the new president of the Carlton Footy Club? Yeah, Sam. Everyone needs to have a bit of a look at this bloke. He's actually got a got the runs on the board, and he's he's got a he's got an opinion and wants to go through the process properly, and. The way that he wants to go through the process is basically through his business aspiration. Mm. And, and it's fine. And that, that's something we're not talking about. No, he's a, he's a big hitter, Peter, in the uh, in the financial world. Absolutely. PricewaterhouseCoopers and now a uh, founder and executive chairman uh, of his own company, that being Sayers as well. So no, no one's, certainly no one I know anyway, is disputing that at all. Thanks for the call, Peter. Lindsay's in uh, Somerville. Linz, what floated your boat? Oh, mate, what floated my... Well, what sunk my boat was Dan McStay not making the distance. Yes. Um, but what floated my boat was Link McCarthy kicking a point. But it was interesting. I was on a player-sponsored sponsor, Zoom meeting with the players tonight. And um, I asked him about Dan McStay. And evidently, just before that, he got a really bad uh, corky in the buttocks. And... Um, and they sort of knew he probably wouldn't make the distance, so they steeled themselves. So right. there we are, sort of thinking that, you know, come on, Dan, you should have kicked the point at least. No, he was uh, he was hurting. So it's quite interesting. But, mate, that was the tensest I've ever been, ever, just trying to will that one point over the line. Hey, Lindsay, I've got to say, though, in Dan McStay, and you would know this being an avid follower, how good has he been since Eric Hipwood went down? He has picked up the slack big time. Yep, that's right. You know, opportunity um, presents. But, yeah, no, look, I'm pretty happy with um, the Lions. Um, we're doing okay. And uh, talking to the boys tonight, they're pretty confident. And um, they're relishing the fact that win or lose, they should get back to Brisbane. So yep. they're pretty happy about that. But 
Just got to pin that uh, Clayton Oliver's arms, mate. We were talking about that tonight. Just can't let him get their handballs away. No, I don't. It, how good is it, Lindsay? That uh, well done. Thanks for ringing in. How good is it the clubs do that? That give their fans and members the access that they do. That is magnificent, and they are a magnificent club. The Brisbane Lions, very well run, very well coached. Best of luck uh, to you, Lindsay, at the weekend. And if you've got a dog in the fight this weekend, we won't speak before then. Best of luck to you. I hope your team represents you well. And uh, goes a little bit further and win. Repeating that news, a lot happening at Carlton today. I think there's a chance. A chance for David. So you're saying there's a chance. Clarko says no. David Teague says yes. And he coaches out the last year of that contract. Everything else around him might change. Teague right, might remain. We'll see what happens. Thanks for your time. Sammy Hargroves is up next. So don't go anywhere. Plenty more still to come. Hope you have a great evening right here on SEN. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.